Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. From the WEEI Studios. Brought to you by DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. The home of the Red Sox. 93.7 WEEI-FM and HD1. Lawrence, Boston. An Odyssey station. This hour of Fitzy and Heart is brought to you by Shaw's. Shaw's, the official supermarket of the Red Sox network. One can't help but be positive. The other can't help but be negative. Bleep you, you bleeping bleepity bleep. The only thing they seem to agree on is that they can barely agree on anything. Blah, blah, blah. I'm Andy Hart. I'm not happy about this. It's sports radio for the passionate fan. What's up, Nick? And grumpy dad in all of us. That is just so stupid. Fitzy and Hart. Yes, I've been listening, Andy. On Boston Sports Original. I like the way Andy Hart does it. Might have Nick just take over. W-E-E-I. It is a beautiful Saturday afternoon in the city of Boston and here at Fenway Park, hour number two of the Fitzy and Hart program with no Fitzy. Fitzy is off in, I don't know, Wisconsin or Michigan or Minnesota, I don't know, somewhere in the upper middle part of the country. And can can confirm, yeah, that area sucks. Except um, for Chicago. I love Chicago. Yeah, I Chicago's think he's a little bit further north than that. He might be well, that area cheese sucks. country or Packerland or Ooh. whatever it may be. That is the voice of WEEI.com's Kyrie Thompson joining me, Andy Hart, here for Fitzy and Hart. Three hours here at Fenway Park in our Ford Fenway Clubhouse Studios. Tune into WEEI this Red Sox season as we broadcast live from our Ford Clubhouse Fenway Studio before Red Sox weekend home games. Brought to you by your New England Ford dealers and Ford trucks. Official truck of the Red Sox. As we mentioned, the Red Sox got a nice win here at Fenway Park last night. Came back in the ninth, tied it, took the lead, and a walk-off style win in the 10th over Aaron Judge and company. Even though Judge got his 46th home run. Nice uh, outing in the long run with uh, Nathan Avaldi. Uh, Tommy Pham had a, uh, a walk-off uh, single, I guess they're crediting for. Uh, he tried to... Stretch it into a double in the Self-style chaos of double. the, cel- it, it's the like, celebration. It's like, you can score your own hits. <laughs> uh, but the Red Sox took game one from the Yankees. They'll be back here tonight, 7 o'clock for the start. Uh, try to take another series win from the AL East. But we're going to transition here. We've been having some fun. Talk about Joe Judge. Uh, damn it, I did it again. Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge chasing Roger Maris. Chasing Roger Maris. Chasing uh, Barry Bonds. Chasing the uh, chasing, dollars of free agency. that Chasing will hit a him. new free agent contract with the Boston Reds. Uh, maybe. <laughs> but uh, I had the Freudian slip there. Joe Judge, one of the play callers we saw on Thursday night at Gillette Stadium as the Patriots opened the preseason 
with a uh, nail-biter loss to the New York football giants, Brian Dable and company. Uh, quick side note that I found interesting, I mentioned to you, we're talking about play calling. We're going to delve into that with Matt Patricia and Joe Judge. Brian Dable, who is a former Patriots offensive yeah. assistant, made his name and resume and money now as the head coach of the Giants, calling plays and rebuilding, tearing down and building up Josh Allen, is not calling plays for the New York football Giants. He's not going the route of Andy Reid or the route of Sean McVay or Schotten, uh, not Schottenheimer, Shanahan in San Francisco, uh, McDaniel in Miami. Most of those guys call plays. Uh, he is having Mike Kafka call the plays from the press box. I noted that. He just walked around like a normal head coach. He had the red challenge flag in his, uh, in his pocket, was crossing his arms, looking, you know, pacing. So I found that interesting that an offensive mind has chosen to take himself for now, see how long it lasts, and if, you know, it hits the fan like week five if he's still on the sideline with no play sheet. But I found that interesting on Thursday night. Yeah, you know, and, and that's that's what a lot of people will say is like the 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 gold mine here is if you can find the the uh, you know quarterbacks coach or or offensive coordinator uh, you know turned head coach who the offensive system will just always remain the same no matter what and there's always going to be continuity there like an Andy Reid right yep and and I think it's interesting though because. You know, don't forget that Dable comes from this neck of the woods. Oh, absolutely. Or, 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 well, among other places, right? Um, so one of the places that, that he's been and spent a lot of time is New England and spent a lot of that time under Bill Belichick, who is a lot more overseer than specific, like, yes, I call the defensive plays or I call the offensive plays or what have you. And so I wonder how much of that influence is there. Like, look, I've seen what it looks like when you're just a good CEO. Like, I'm going to let these other guys handle this. I'm not going to be, you know, to uh, my way or the highway about it. And, you know, Mike Kafka, you know, he was, he's been with the Chiefs forever. He's been yep. under Andy Reid. He's, he's worked with Patrick Mahomes for all these years. So, I mean, obviously he knows his way around a quarterback and knows his way around an offense. So I think that that was probably part of it. Like, you know what? You know what you're doing. And let, let me let me handle that and I'll handle everything. And if, if, I, if I'm a Giants fan and they somehow blend what happened to Josh Allen with what happened to Patrick Mahomes with Dable and Kafka meeting of the minds. Yeah. I'll take whatever I get out of that, whether it's Daniel Jones or not, whether it's him or whether it's there's the going to be somebody else because Daniel Some, Jones ain't he ain't it. He he probably is not, and uh, that's that's a different topic for a different day. The duck for Stroud. The, yeah, the uh, the issues on Plus the field for, for the New England Patriots were first of all no Mac Jones, no uh, no starters on really either side of the ball, save for a few guys in terms of Cole Strange and maybe you think Tyquan Thornton has upside, but mostly backups and second tier players and uh stiz i am gonna throw to that audio that uh kind of set me off as we start our uh patriots discussion and talk about what unfolded thursday night at gillette stadium in the preseason opener after everybody had heard mac jones struggles and frustrations and and maybe that set a real low bar for what people expected in the preseason opener but pat mcafee who is apparently taking over the world from what I've seen. He's like going down the rock road where he's everywhere. You flick on football, it's all oh, Pat McAfee. He's going to have a show here, a podcast, Pat McAfee. Uh, wrestling, oh, I got to see Pat McAfee. He's in the ring. He's out of the ring. Won't surprise me if Pat McAfee shows up in Isn't some he gonna movies. Isn't he going to be on Amazon? Not, uh, he's every, yes, yeah, he's on he's Amazon. He's about to be doing some, some stuff. He's everywhere. So he's taking over the world. He's a national guy with a big platform and a big voice. And he had a, uh, an interesting take, Stiz, on the, uh, the Patriots' first game. 
the team looked a lot better than we had been hearing from practice, and Bill Belichick smiled before the game. Now, they ultimately go on to lose, mm-hmm. and is it time to panic? Maybe. Yeah, we maybe. shall see. But also, I feel like every Patriots fan that watched that game or every national media person that watched that game was like, oh, this is vastly different than all the headlines. I don't think there's a call for panic up there yet at all. So, every Patriots fan and national media member that can read and has a brain would tell you, All of the criticism or frustrations or observations of ineptitude revolved around Mac Jones and the starting offensive line and the starting group of offensive players. In fact, idiots like me had the audacity to say, you know what, it's weird, but when Zappi comes in, the offense looks better. And I don't know whether it's the second tier going against the second tier on defense, but Zappi's offense looks a little bit better. You saw nothing from the unit or the players that was at the center of the concern in New England. And shame on Pat McAfee, a former player who's been in the locker room. He's been in the arena, you know, to steal the phrase. It's not the critic that counts. This is a man that was in the arena. And I don't, he, to me there, he sounds like a Patriots fan, like a Patriots troll on Twitter. Oh, I thought the offense sucked. You didn't see the offense that sucked, and and I want to thank our friend, our friend Chris Curtis, for getting Dante Skarnecchia's uh, takeaways from the game, and we may talk a little bit about that later, but one of them was, well, they were just kind of running what they've always run for years. You didn't see the players, and you didn't see the scheme that's been the root of all the problems on the practice field, and yet Pat McAfee, big bad McAfee, wants to take a victory lap and say, oh, the Patriots are awesome. Those local reporters are morons. Yeah, and you know what? The other thing, too, is that they didn't run that offense largely that we had been seeing they didn't. practice that they were yeah. so bad at. I mean, they, they ran a little bit of the outside zone and a couple of our film gurus from around, from around uh, you know, Twitter, right? And so they, they noted that, like, yeah, some of the issues that we were seeing uh, with, the, with the offense and practice are kind of showing up here as well, like particularly with the, with the blocking scheme. But when they were running their more kind of standard Patriots-esque kind of stuff that we're used to over the past – you know, bunch of years and, and, and scar mentioned like, yeah, they run the stuff that they've always been running like that stuff. Yeah, of course that looked fine. Okay. Like they've, they've been doing it since the dawn of time, essentially. Like they, they know how to do it. And, and, and again, there Cole strange was like the only member of that starting offense that played. And, And the reason for that, I'm sure it's just like, okay, get your feet wet. And it's like, yeah, we don't have the rest of your your fellow starters here that you know will communicate with you and whatnot. But literally, just get a feel for the speed of the game against some you know number one ish kind of players, and and go from there. Just just feel it out. And he admitted to me. I, I talked to him. He talked to a bunch of reporters. I actually got there first. <laughs> Ooh, look at you! I got there first. But he was saying that there were a couple of plays that he didn't quite hear as well, and so he felt a little slow off the ball. And then this that second. <laughs> Uh, you know, the, the, the second possession, he was like, I need to focus up, lock it in. And he felt a lot better about it. And I feel like I could see some of that on some of the clips people grabbed. Like that was probably one of those plays he was talking about where he's a bit slow off the wall. But even so, he was pretty solid. I think that that experience probably was more valuable to him perhaps than maybe it would have been to the rest of the offensive line in a, in, in a vacuum where it ha- they all have more NFL experience than him. At the same time, we've been hearing all this stuff about how the communication is different and you need to learn some of the assignments and, and such. So, yeah, I felt it was kind of weird to just not have anybody else but Strange out there, at least from the offensive line. And then for Pat McAfee and the national-type people and even super fans and trolls on Twitter, 
to get on their high horse, his high colt, if you will, and tell me, oh, I I didn't see anything like I've been reading about from the... Yeah, you're right. You literally didn't see anything like you've been reading about because the players and the scheme that have been problematic through three weeks of training camp did not take part in the action against the Giants. No, and and in the end, look, it's... Yeah, I I don't want to just completely dismiss this sort of stuff, but it's preseason. Nobody is showing you what, right. what the deal really is. They are all hiding it for maybe like the the you know real dress rehearsal in you know the week three of the preseason or whatever, or they're doing it for joint practices. They don't want to show you everything they're about to do in preseason game one. Okay, so so no, just because it looked great or you know looked better than expected in preseason, it doesn't actually matter. It's all reserves. These, it was these, all reserved. These are no. these are guys. These are guys fighting for roster spots. Some of them move up the depth. could end up, you know, over time developing and in certain. We'll get into it as we continue to talk Patriots and move past my uh, my bee in my bonnet for Pat McAfee. Clearly not doing his homework. And my guess is didn't even watch a single snap of the game uh, and really had no idea what went went on. That's always my my concern with these national people. They go national. They get so big time that they can't possibly maintain an information level for every topic they talk about but if you're going to be so definitive and finger wag at the local media for all the concerns and the panic and well then know what the hell you're talking about because in this example you had no idea what you're talking about pat mcafee mac jones didn't play none of the offensive line played except for cole strange none of the receivers played uh at all except for maybe you think tyquan thornton could be something later so the the scheme was different the players were different and oh by the way i'm going to say it again a lot of people believed that Zappi has been better at times in camp, just looking like he's running the offense more efficiently than Mac Jones. He doesn't scramble and bounce around and look like a chicken with his head cut off as much on the practice field. So, yes, Pat McAfee, oh, God, oh, media, modern media, we bow down to you, but you were dead wrong. One guy who's right is Kyrie Thompson. He's here with me on Fitzy and Hart. He's right a lot, and he's right now ready to read the trending. The Greg Hill Show, weekdays 6 to 10. Now, here's What's Trending on WEEI. Here is What's Trending on WEEI and WEEI.com. It took nine innings and more last night, but the Red Sox beat the Yankees 3-2 to two in 10 innings. Tommy Pham hit a walk-off single, double, whatever he decided that it was, because apparently you can just do that. And Garrett Whitlock threw two hitless innings to secure the win. The Sox and Yankees played the second of their two game series tonight. Going for that win. Get, give us that series win and, uh, you know, two games in a row. Let's get it. Or, or rather, three games in a row. Cutter Crawford gets a start for the Sox opposite Frankie Montas. Joe Castiglione, Sean McDonough, and Will Fleming will have the call with the first pitch at 715 across the Shaws and Star Market, WEEI, Red Sox Network, Shaws and Star Market, perfecting the art of fresh. Be sure to tune into the Visit Massachusetts pregame show with the metric man, Brian Barrett, at 615, sponsored by the Massachusetts Office of Travel and Tourism. Start your Massachusetts summer adventure at visitmatma.com. Padres shortstop Fernando Tatis Jr. has been suspended 80 games for violating the league's performance-enhancing drug policy. Seems like he just misses games just for the fun of it by doing whatever in the world he feels like. And for Brian Costello, Jets quarterback Zach Wilson has a bone bruise and a meniscus tear per sources. It doesn't look, at least for now, like he'll miss the entire season, as some of us kind of feared in the moment. But it looks like he could miss about two to four weeks. That's what's trending.
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. You're listening to Fitzy and Hart on Boston Sports Original. WEEI. Bill, how did you feel the communication went offensively with, with both Matt and Joe relaying signals in there tonight? Uh, yeah, I don't think communication was was a problem. You know, we had 12 men on defense on one play. Um, and by the way, the play clock was pretty, we had plenty of time for the most part. Was, you know, we had a couple injuries and a couple of substitution issues. But overall, uh, those are more, you know, it wasn't the, it wasn't the operation. It was, you know, guys, you know, a guy being hurt or, you know, a substitute because that caused some other substitution things. So we can clean that up a little bit. But, um, yeah, I thought we were on the ball pretty quickly. I had plenty of time to operate, and, um, you know, we had to audible a few times. We were able to do that. So, I mean, there's plenty of room for improvement. I'm not saying we're there yet, but getting there. Fitzy and Hart here at Fenway Park in our Ford Fenway Clubhouse studio. I'm Andy Hart, joined alongside by Kyrie Thompson, who's filling in for the vacationing Nick Fitzy Stevens. Nick Stevens was at Gillette Stadium on Thursday night, as was I, as was Kyrie, to witness the Patriots' second-tier offensive and defensive players take on the Giants. And the biggest story coming out of that game, as we just heard from Bill Belichick, was his coaching staff, his offensive coaching staff, the play-calling situation. So we will paint the picture. Matt Patricia. Yes, you know him as a former defensive coordinator, former failed head coach of the Detroit Lions. He called the plays for the first two series for Brian Hoyer. Then, when Hoyer and company left the game, Bailey Zappi came into the game. Joe Judge, Joe Judge, who you know as a special teams coach and the failed coach of the New York Giants. He took over the play calling because he's now the quarterback's coach and an offensive assistant. He went the rest of the way for Bailey Zappi and company calling plays. Afterwards, Bill Belichick was asked a number of questions about it, as he should be, quite frankly, because, Kyrie, I don't know how you feel, and I, I talked about this in the crossover with uh, Chris Curtis from the Cannon Curtis Show, that I had kind of settled into Matt Patricia's calling plays for the New England Patriots. I actually think he's still going to, but whatever comfort level I had reached from the practice field with that topic was unsettled a little bit to see Matt Patricia, who's never called offensive plays before, only get, I believe it was 14 plays. I believe it was 14 snaps of calling plays. Yeah, I believe. Yeah, because I believe that was the amount of time like Cole Strange was yeah. on the field with the, the quote-unquote number one offense. So he got 14 plays, and yeah. then he gives way to Joe Judge, who got the rest of the game. I look at it and say, if Matt Patricia's the guy, 
doesn't he need the reps? Doesn't he need just the comfort, the feeling, the like I joked about it that he's never called 70 offensive plays and he might have to in Miami in the heat. And yeah, that's just a different concentration, stress, whatever you want to call it. So what was your reaction to Matt Patricia getting two series, Joe Judge getting the rest of the game calling the plays? First reaction was why? I mean, <laughs> like I don't I don't know Fair. that we really need to see Joe Judge doing this. Um at the same time, I also I don't know. I, I wasn't totally bought into the idea that there was any real controversy behind it because in a way, I mean, this is sort of mirrors what they do in practice where you have Matt Patricia calling the plays and walkthroughs for the number one offense and then Joe Judge is calling them for the Bailey Zappi offense, right? The, the, the twos and threes. So maybe that's just part of it. Like, oh, you call plays for Bailey all the time. Why don't you just go ahead and do this while he's out on the field? I don't think that should necessarily matter. No. Um, so yeah, from that standpoint, I'm kind of just like, Sure, I guess if that's your thing, okay, but why? And so my my thought is I'm I still see it as almost like banana in the tailpipe, and I think that that was kind of the idea. You know, Belichick is just like, yeah, there's a process. Let me go ahead and be as vague as possible because then like it, it puts doubt in people's minds. Where look, Matt Patricia, like if we're gonna say he called he called 14 plays, uh, and and then Joe Judge called whatever 30, 40, or something after that, right? The, the number of reps, the number of plays that have been called in team segments in practice in all those training camps is probably like four times the amount of reps that mm -hmm. we just saw on the field. And Matt Patricia has called basically all of them for, for competitive segments, right? So I'm just kind of like, I'm not, I'm not going to freak out about it yet. But again, it just makes you think like, okay, why do all this weird stuff where you have Matt Patricia over with the offensive line and David Andrews over, you know, kind of coaching the offensive line and Billy Yates is, you know, only visible out there for a half, right? Why, why do all that if you're not going to do it in a game? Like, are you just like kind of messing around and yeah, let, let's, 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 uh, you know, get some personal relationships with these players and, you know, coach them up on an individual level. But when it's game time, we're going to flip the switch and do a bunch of different stuff. So, I don't, I don't get that. So before we delve even further, cause as you mentioned, there are a lot of layers to this and there were a lot of takeaways and observations and we'll get into a little bit more Belichick as he got into it with the media that I thought pressed him deservedly. So on the process that you mentioned, apparently we're in uh, Sam Hinkie land where we got to trust the process. And I would warn bill that I'm not sure the process has worked out yet for the uh, Philadelphia 76ers. They're still hoping and waiting to turn that into a title. Um, but we, we, I would say to our listeners and to you, a simple question, 617-779-7937, are you worried about the situation, whatever it is, with the Patriots offensive staff that we've been talking about now going back to basically January? Are you worried that that is going to be an adverse aspect of this football team this year. And I'm saying that to Kyrie Thompson, but I'm saying that to you, the listener, 617-779-7937. Are you worried about the offensive play calling and coaching staff? Well, I would say, yeah. I mean, come on, why wouldn't <laughs> I was, you be? I was like on the edge of my seat. I was like, is he going to say yes or no? Because I really don't know. We, I, I actually haven't point blank asked him this question before. No, That's this, why I think it's a good one. No, this is true. It's I was simple. Like, oh, wow. You are, you, it, yes. Of it's course. a simple I mean, question. I, I mean, look, what, what else are you going to say? Like, I, I just, I, I understand that Bill Belichick has obviously earned a, a, a quite a high level of cash, like more than any other, other coach that has ever existed potentially in American yeah. sports, right? Especially in football. Mm -hmm. So like, I get it. Like to an extent, like, and, and I mean, 
James White went on Good Morning Football on Friday morning after, after he announced his retirement and was just like, look, this is they've coached a lot of football. Matt Patricia's coached a lot of football. Bill's coached a lot of football. Like you just got to let these guys work and don't, you know, rush to judgment, right? As and though I think that there's an extent to which it's like, okay, there's loyalty there to the Patriots. Like, look, even these guys, I, you know, I I've been in there with them and I've been around these players. He talked up the talent on the team and look, they've got a lot of talent there, which I mean, maybe they don't have a ton of elite talent, but I think they they have a, a, a the makings of a solid offense. So I'm not going to necessarily dispute that. But in terms of, look, I don't think that it was the wrong thing to change the offensive plan, which maybe we can get into a little bit. I don't think it was the wrong thing to change because in a way you just had to. What other choice did you really have when the guy who you know was the architect of the previous offense that Mac Jones was using and had success in, that guy's not here anymore? Well, I would push back a little on that because it's funny you use that word, architect. Because this was a fight, argument, discussion we had on Patriots.com radio okay. like 20 years, not 20 years, or probably yeah. 15 years ago, whatever it was, in, in who was the architect of the Patriot offense and you know this idea that they stole from Perkins and then Charlie Weiss arrived and Bill was part of it and they kind of all came together in that early 2000s to build that new age and Brady was a vocal aspect of that building and all that. And then what they do when Weiss left... Well, they took his quarterback's coach who had been there for four and a half, five years and said, you're the developmental offensive mind. You're not going to be the coordinator, but you are calling plays. And Josh took that and, and ran with it. And you certainly could do the same thing now and say, listen, the scheme is the scheme. The system is the system. The terminology is the terminology. Nick Cayley, you've been the tight ends coach. You've been in Josh McDaniels meetings for five years now. You've been sitting there. You've been talking protections and run game because you're the tight ends coach and you're involved in that pass game and routes you've been involved with it all Nick Cayley you are Josh McDaniels in 2005 we're not giving you the, the title but we hope you're going to seize this opportunity and become the guy they could have done that and Bill said the Kembe Mutombo he waved his finger and he took a defensive coach and a special teams coach and he made them the head of the offense well I think that what my my main point there was like we're talking about like the, who's who's like kind of the the architect of the modern scheme like okay from from that standpoint if you're using that sure but I'm talking about the guy who added on all those terms to the play mm -hmm. added on all those those pages the guy that Mac Jones would go to after every single play and I don't really know what Nick Cayley's relationship was to Mac Jones in that way and you know what who knows maybe behind the scenes it's like okay, look, maybe I want to do this for this year. We might change things up. Like, okay, Nick, like maybe it'll be your time once I, I can find something else for Matt Patricia to do once his Detroit Lions money has run mm -hmm. out. Because I think that's the thing. You had these two guys that are that you, you could get them at a discount, which is, I, I feel like, that, that's the way he approaches his roster. It's like he's, how he's approaching his coaching staff right now. There's a, there's a market inefficiency because two other teams are paying Joe Judge and, and Matt Patricia so I can get them on the cheap and make them do whatever it is that I want them to do. I don't I, like that idea. Yeah, I think that... That's I, like me going to the grocery store, but instead of buying a good dinner, I just find out what was like day old and on sale that I can get cheap. And you know what that usually leads to? Not a great meal. Yeah, but I guess my point being, though, is that... 
Josh McDaniels is gone. Therefore, something was going to have to change. Yes. You are never going to be able to run exactly what you would run or have it be exactly the way it was with Josh McDaniels when Josh McDaniels is not here. Right. Even I, I kind of put it this way on the podcast, right? I did an episode on this. I used to be a scientist. First in Foxborough. We should promote it. My bad. Yes. First in Foxborough. He's not only Kyrie Thompson of WEEI.com. He's the host of First in Foxborough, a WEEI and Odyssey podcast that basically gives you daily updates, information, discussions, interviews straight out of Gillette Stadium and the Patriots. Every damn day. Let's go. Seriously, when I tell you every damn day. But the the way I put it was this. I I used to be a scientist, so I used to have to do protocols, like real experiments, where it's like there's however many steps that you have to follow to do an experiment correctly. And I used to have to shadow a a postdoc in order to figure out how to do this. right? And she wrote up the protocol. She'd watch me do it a couple of times, and we would do the experiments together, blah, 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 right? Well... There would be a time when I would be doing that protocol completely on my own with nobody else around. And I'd be like, uh, I'm seeing something here that I haven't seen before. Or like, uh, can I get your advice on this? And that person is nowhere to be found. And so I'm sitting there about to you know, have a heart attack while I'm trying to do this thing, hoping to God this thing works out when I, I'm, I'm just literally on an island on my own with something I don't have a lot of experience with. You don't want to ask your offense to do that. Mm-hmm. You don't want it to be like, okay, well, here's Josh McDaniels playbook exactly how it is. Go ahead and run it. And Josh McDaniels is gone. You can't ask him questions about it. And Mac Jones is only a second year player. He doesn't know the entire offense. So there's a risk to doing that where, where it's just like, yeah, we'll keep everything the same, but we don't have the right people to teach it. Then again, you have a situation now where you have two coaches who weren't offensive coaches that are now teaching a new offense that they haven't design right and, and, and so you're kind of building this whole thing from scratch so if you have anything in my mind to to pick a bone with bill belichick about it's if you knew you were going to change this whole thing when josh mcdaniels was gone when he took that head coaching job maybe you should have just hired a guy from the outside at that point why not that's my argument to, to steal from your sort of comparison here so yes you were a paleontologist we should tell people I guess you still are, technically, sort of. Once a paleontologist, always. Yeah, yeah. So I have not seen Jurassic World Dominion, so don't ask me. (laughs) I heard it's terrible. but, um, But using your example, yes, if your advisor, your mentor is gone, you could still get through the experiment. Like, you know enough. There there may be questions. It may not be perfect, but you could get through it. What if I asked you to go run a golf course as a turf management specialist? Like, that's not your specialty. You were a scientist. You were capable in your area of expertise. I feel like that's what they did. They took a defensive coach and said, yeah, it might have been flawed if we tried to keep the same scheme, so we'll just change the whole damn thing up and then put you in charge of it. So I think there is reason personally for the, to be concerned because yeah. there's just I, – I truly believe – I've spent so many years having Bill beat into us that – how specialized the NFL is, like how high level it is, like how his success is based on preparation and information and experience. He's been in the league 45 years. He looks at the game so differently. And you hear players say he brings up plays from 40 years ago about why this doesn't work or why this does work. And then, and then you have two coaches right. that basically like, oh, well, they can coach any position on the football field. And that's become the mantra. Oh, yeah, they can coach anything. I feel like that's spitting in my face of sitting through 20 years of him telling me one thing. And then he just decided one day, you know what? All that stuff I told you for 20 years, bullcrap. Yeah. I'm going in the other direction. Well, the thing with Patricia is that you can at least say this, that when he was the head coach of the Detroit Lions, 
he had a guy, Daryl Bevel, who ran a very similar offense to this when he was in Seattle with Marshawn Lynch and Russell Wilson. That, that's, that's what a lot of it was. It was like, okay, let me go ahead and run a lot of outside zones out of both shotgun or, you know, like inside zones out, out, of, out of shotgun, outside zones from under center. And let's do a lot of that boot play action with Russell Wilson. Just and, don't do and, it on the goal line in the Super Bowl. No, no, of course not, because that, <laughs> they'll be expecting that. Um, and, and also taking shots off of that kind of play action down the field, which is the kind of stuff we've been seeing them try to do in camp. So it's not like it's coming completely, completely out of left field. There is that little bit of, okay, Matt Patricia has been around an offense like that. So he has some knowledge of, okay, how, how is it taught? What are the basic concepts? At the same time, again, he's, that's not his area of expertise. He has not right. done. He has not done. Not that. an expert. He doesn't have ten thousand hours or whatever right. it takes. To oh be yeah. An expert. Well, and people will tell you, oh well, he did coach. You know, he was the assistant offensive line coach back in two thousand five. Oh great. Punch people. Wonderful. Yes. I just want to punch awesome. people in the face when they say that. Yeah. First of all, he assisted one of the greatest offensive line coaches that's ever walked the planet. So you could have done it. I could have done it. Coop could have done it. Bradfoe could have done it. Anybody could have done it. Who has also said behind the scenes that this whole coaching by committee thing is a terrible idea. Yes. Um. And I think it's a terrible idea. You think it's a terrible idea. I believe Christian Fourier has simplified it even more and just flat out called it stupid, given his expertise and time in the NFL, time with the Patriots. 617-779-7937. Give us your opinion. And Tom is on line one. He wants to tell us what he thinks about the uncertain Patriots offensive coaching staff. Tom, what's up? Hey, what's up, fellas? How you doing today? Good. All right. Uh, no, I, I'm deeply concerned about this. I, I, I believe that the offense is they're lacking structure, you know, and structure is composed a certain way. It, it has a leader and then it, you know, the chain of command. And I just think not having that structure and not having it established yet is going to cause confusion. You're going to see a lot of laundry on the field. And uh, I just don't understand why, why, you know, this having an offensive coordinator is, is the way it's done. Why is, why is Bill, Oh, did we, did we lose? We lost Tom. But I, I think we get his point. He's yeah. not happy with it. And I will say, though, for me, there, there's a few layers for me. First of all, we had a caller earlier that told, me, told us that he got laughed at by Lou and Christian. I got laughed at on their very show in January when I brought up Matt Patricia as a Belichickian candidate to be offensive coordinator. Yeah. I've been around Bill long enough. I know how he works. I know how he thinks. I know how he has loyalties and the beliefs that – his guy is actually better than maybe a more qualified guy, but who's outside the system, outside his world. Exactly. So I think he's put up. But even given that, what did we see on Thursday night? I had told you I settled into Patricia's the guy. Whether I like it or not, we're going down that rapid. We got to keep paddling. They're going down the rapid right now, and they threw the paddle out of the boat, and they started turning around trying to go the other way with Joe Judge. Like, just pick one guy. Don't go through a process. Pick a guy. Put him in the role. Let him take over the role. Let the players understand what's going on. You alluded to it. Billy Yates. What's he doing? David Andrews. Well, I'll tell you what he should be doing. If it were a normal game, he's going to be playing. So he's going to come to the sideline looking to somebody for advice, not looking to give the advice, right? He's not going to be the guy that can help the rest of the – or 
Be, Actually, well, well, because, he shouldn't be. Yeah, well, because look, think about it, right? I mean, yeah, he might have an idea of like, okay, you know, so, some breakdown went wrong someplace else. He is in the middle of a play trying to do his job, okay? Well, where have I heard that before? Yeah, so it's like he... Do your job. Well, what is my job? So, so it's like he's trying to stop Mac Jones from getting killed. Do you think yes. he has time to figure out what, you know, uh, you know, Isaiah Wynn did wrong on a given play? No, even no. though he might be capable. Hell, you might even sell me on he's more capable given his experiences in the SEC and Georgia and the Patriots well, sure. under Scar. If, but it's not his job. If, it shouldn't be. It shouldn't be his job. And also, if, if he can see that. But again, it's like that's the whole point of having an offensive line coach. And I'm with you in the way that I had settled on this idea of, of Billy Yates is probably going to be your guy. And, and we've heard this kind of outside, you know, kind of trickling in from, from you, know, uh, you know, certain sources yep. around the area. But basically that Billy Yates is probably going to be your de facto offensive line coach on game day while Matt Patricia runs the offense. And you can see that in practice where, look, we, early on it was, okay, Joe Judge is calling the plays in seven on sevens. Matt Patricia is calling them in teams. Well, it's become now that Matt Patricia is calling the plays in that they'll have like kind of a walkthrough version of seven on sevens and a real version of seven yep. on sevens where they actually play. And Matt Patricia steps away from the offensive line and literally comes over to seven on sevens to call the plays at that point. So that, that to me said everything, right? Like, yes, Matt Patricia's the guy. Okay, he's coming over here and Joe Judge is taking a back seat and Billy Yates and whoever's over there at the offensive line group, they're handling this now. And for them to kind of... It, it definitely throws a wrench into our perception of it. I think the bottom line, though, is that Bill Belichick does not care. No. We, he does not care what we think about it. He, know, he absolutely knows what he intends to do. He, I, don't, I don't believe he's trying to make up his mind. So there's no he, process to, right to, now. No, I don't, I don't believe it. I he's, don't. He's reached the end he point. Been, he, he knows. Has been, he has been showing us what the process is, and it's Matt Patricia calling plays. And he just, like, chose to you know, mess around and do some fun stuff for, for what, three hours on, on a Thursday night. But all in all, he's been telling us what he has been planning to do, if you, in my mind. If you are right, and I do think to some degree you're right. I believe Matt Patricia is the play caller, the offensive coordinator, whatever you want to call him. But if you are right, and that's what Bill's doing, I hate it even more. Because I think you're wasting time. You know who deserves the, 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 the right to play around in a preseason game? Like Tom Brady. Gronk. People like that. Aaron Rodgers. Well, Tom, Tom what Brady, am I going to get? Well, Tom Brady's just like, well, I'm going to go play around with my exactly. kids someplace else exactly. during preseason. And he'll still show up, assuming he still does show up for their regular season opener. And he's still going to drop like 5,000 yards. He'll be fine. You know how I know that? I've seen it for 20 years. I have not seen anything from Matt Patricia as a play caller, as a coach. And yes, he's doing it in practice. Practice is not games. It's different. No. Because you know how I know? In practice, they'll run a play and the receiver drops it and they still advance it 15 yards. Exactly. The script says he yeah, caught it, it for 15 yards. And I'm like... Exactly. And, so and that's also the difference. And also they're reading it. Right. right. It's not it's the a, same. You and I could do it. You and we, Bill was there to write the script of the practice, what plays we want to run against, what looks. And I That's not play calling. And I imagine the first drive. So, so in a way, if you want to think of it this way, maybe Matt Patricia only got one drive of, yes. actual, of actual play calling, if that. Because you never know. They might have just scripted the rest of the stuff, too. They absolutely could have. So, And, and I mean, think about it. They ran, they ran the same go route two plays in a row. Maybe right. They, maybe run it again. Run play. it again. Run it again. And so that's where I think this is a bit of a debacle already. And maybe Christian Fourier is right. Maybe it's stupid. And I have a hard time seeing this work out for the positive. Like, in the best-case scenario for the offense of Mac Jones, not that they can't have an offense, not that they can't win games, not that they can't have good plays, but it will not be the best-case scenario because I do not like 
the process. I do not like the process that Bill Belichick has been undergoing this August. I do not like it, Sam I am. I, Sam I am, do not like it. I am Andy Hart. He is Kyrie Thompson. This is Fitzy and Hart live from Fenway Park, our Ford Fenway Studios. We are Fitzy and Hart for the next hour and a half. Right now, we are going to get a few, uh, pay some bills, as Fitzy likes to say, and we'll be back with more dubious Patriots offensive coaching talk. Fitzy and Hart on WEEI. Boston Sports Original. Rock. Rock. Yep. I say bounce it like whoa. Yeah, bounce it like whoa. This is not a fairy tale. I already know how you like it. Take you to the mall and get you a new outfit. Girl, that's just some child's play. Bounce it like whoa, whoa, whoa. Fitzy and Hart from Fenway Park. And now I know why Greg does it. He just lets it play out. Makes you feel good coming back into the segment. Yeah. Producer does a good job. You feel good. Gives you a little energy. You're ready to boom. Hit the sports talk. Hit the phone calls. This is Fitzy and Hart. Fenway Park. Kyrie Thompson filling in for Fitzy. I'm Andy Hart. And I finally have gotten what I wanted. I knew if we talked about the Patriots coaching staff, and that's what we're talking about, Matt Patricia, Joe Judge, sharing the play calling duties in the preseason opener. Actually, Joe Judge getting a much larger chunk of the play-calling duties because he came in in the third series into the mix with Bailey Zappi and took it home. Now, they took a loss, but uh, he uh, handled the play-calling the rest of the way. And uh, we're talking about it. I'm worried about it. Kyrie Thompson's worried about it. Christian Fourier has dubbed it stupid. But we're going to go to the phones now, 617-779-7937. And John in the car wants to maybe uh, offer a counter-opinion on the Patriots coaching staff. John, what's up? Hey, hey! first of all, you and uh, Fourier were actually like entertaining yesterday. But I don't I, care for that, Tom. Why do you got to throw actually? actually? You were surprised? Qualifier. What do you mean actually? Well, of course we were. Hold on. Hold on, you do have Fourier with you, so that—I mean, that's, that's the wild card. The whole. I mean, I mean, <laughs> yeah, honestly, no, the, the story about Tyler getting kidnapped—I mean, that was yeah. riveting radio. Although he's in yeah. the friend zone, no, he, he, oh yeah, he's yeah, big time, oh, too bad. big time. Yeah. That was pretty good. Hey, you know, here, here's my issue, and it's not like I'm not going to go all honk on you here. I'm not like going to take okay. the fifty. Like everything's going to be fine. Just like let it happen. But I think sometimes you guys like see something happen and think, well, that's what's going to happen now for the entire season. Like, like Greg Bedard clocking things and going, well, this is like, first season. you know, like, I mean, please like the Ron, Ron Borges junior stuff. Like he's been, it's so, you, you know what his, his MO is. So it's like, I, I don't even have to bother with that stuff, but like the David Andrews thing, like, do I expect David Andrews to be like player coach? this season because he coached once on the sideline like or he was talking to people on the sideline like no that's what i expect to happen during a preseason game like of course he's going to be talking if he's not playing like that has become like the biggest talking point since thursday night oh my god david andrews was the offensive line coach like no he wasn't like and that's not going to happen 24 7 like so john you 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 are you're comfortable with the offensive coaching staff and the play calling right now you think this is going to work out Perfectly. Uh, do I think it's going to work? I'm not. No, I, I'm not living in that world where I think it's going to work perfectly. I, I think I'm, I'm intrigued to see where it's going to go. I think there might be some issues, but I don't think it's going to be like 
dumpster fire. Like, like I do think there's a little gatekeeping from from Christian going, like, I've never seen it happen. I've never seen it work. It's not going to work like this. This isn't how football goes. And sorry, heart oh heart, you kind of follow that line as well. Like, no, I, I think well, – I, it's, 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 I go with facts. I go with facts, and I, I think yeah, it's a bad idea but, to make a defensive coach and a special teams coach your offensive coaches well, when you have a second-year quarterback who is the future of your franchise. But here's the reason I get frustrated with that is because for the rest of the year, all I hear from you in this station is, like, specialization is so dumb. Like, kids need to be doing all sorts of sports so they can get better as an athlete. And, like, AAU is terrible and ruining all sports. And then we get to football talks. Like, no, 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 no. We have to Wait, do we're comparing youth like, sports no. to specialization at the highest no, level using... of anything? Hey, John, if you needed brain no. surgery, would you go to your general practitioner? That is such a straw man argument. I'm not no, trying to make a good doctor is a good comparison. doctor. A good coach is a good coach. That's what we're going with here, John, right? Good coach is a good coach. Bill Belichick said it this spring. Not saying that 100%. Not saying that at all. You're, you, you are, are being – so, John, you're being a little no. bit of a homer here. You're, you say you're not going to go all Fitzy in, but you're clearly <laughs> torn. You clearly have well, your doubts. You clearly talking, think this could fail. brain surgery. We're talking about a coaching system that Belichick has used for how many years and been successful. Like, I don't necessarily need the best offensive mind because he doesn't necessarily know how to work with Bill Belichick. Like, what if that's what Bill Belichick wants? Like, I, I, like, that's what I'm talking about. I don't need a brain surgeon to be an offensive coordinator. No, I need somebody who can work with Bill, knows his system, and knows how to put the two and two together. Like, yeah, that's total straw man stuff. And it's like, oh, what do you want a brain surgeon? Like, well, if I need brain you. surgery, I want a brain surgeon. Thanks for the call, yeah. John. I, I appreciate the call. There, there were so there were there were there were some interesting points in there. I do want to say I think you should now change your Twitter handle to Hardo Heart. Uh, I probably should. Yeah, I, I I really I really think you should. I am kind of a Hardo. I, I mean, uh, I'll embrace it. There's there's a there's embrace a the Hardo. I will I will say. Uh, two points before before we got to jump off. Though I'm sure we're going to keep talking about. Yeah, this. we are. We yeah, are yeah, most definitely. Because John got but, me even more hot and bothered. I mean, there there is a part of me that thought, you know what? That probably is part of it to an extent. Like, why wouldn't you go with another offensive coordinator who's actually worked in a system like the one they're trying to implement more more so? I mean, I mentioned, yeah, I mentioned, but Bill would never do that. Yeah, I already mentioned that Patricia has already kind of gotten some experience with it. But that's the thing. Bill Belichick being 70 years old, I've done this, you know, this way for 20 plus years and I've had all this success. And what, what you're going to come from the outside and think you're going to tell me stuff or like and, and the threat of potentially clashing with, uh, you know, a new offensive coordinator that you haven't worked right. with. Like there, there is that part of it. And you at least know that Joe Judge and, and Matt Patricia are going to do what Bill Belichick tells him to do. Absolutely. Because, because he made them. And so I do think that Absolutely. there's that element of <laughs> if I made you like that, that puts you in better stead than otherwise. I also do want to say, look, I have said on multiple occasions that by the end of the year, we could very well look at this and say, you know what? Is this re was this really as big a deal in the end as we chalked it up to be? Maybe not. And, I, and there, there are statistics to back up the idea that the drop-off doesn't necessarily have to be catastrophic. As a matter of fact, sometimes there's a net positive on average, I would say. On average, there's a net positive. When defensive coaches when, become offensive well, coordinators. Well, I already said, <laughs> look, okay, we don't have this scenario, but I'm telling you, five years of data of people. I'm looking through of, my, my but, history. I can't find... Yeah, after, pamphlet. after looking through five years of data of coaches, uh, you know, changes of offensive coordinators and play callers, it doesn't 
is not the end of the world. Right. But but again, this is a new scenario. Unprecedented. We, we are in uncharted waters here. Yep. So you know what? Don't be surprised that the first couple weeks are crap. Don't be surprised. So that's what we're going with as the positive slogan. Don't be surprised if the first couple weeks are crap because by December, you it'll, might be close to good. It'll be fine by September. It'll be fine or, by September. Or, 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 I, I, mean, I mean, December. December. Yeah, it, uh, it would be great if it were fine by September. Well, yeah, it's then, not fine. If right it's now. fine by September, then I'm dead wrong. Dead wrong. Because if it, it's fine by December, then I'll say, well, if you had had a more accomplished, experienced offensive coaching staff, maybe it could have been fine in, I don't know, October or November. Maybe you could have sped up the process or reached a higher level than you reach come December. But we are going to keep talking about this. I know Frank is on the line. He wants to uh, get into the mix here. I do appreciate your call, John. I am Hardo Hart. He is Kyrie Thompson. This is Fitzy and Hart on WEEI heading into our final hour. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.